Blog Talk Radio. Ancient Humanity, particularly women. 
And today it is my guilty pleasure as host of this show to be chatting with Marguerite Regalioso. She is a Ph.D. and the foremost authority on the history of virgin birth and the author of the bold new award-winning book, The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception, Mary and the Lineage of Virgin Births. Marguerite taught many graduate and undergraduate courses in the U.S. and U.K., and in 2012 founded her own Seven Sisters Mystery School, through which she's been teaching about the sacred feminine and mentoring clients on the evolutionary spiritual path. She's also the author of Virgin Mother Goddesses of Antiquity and the Cult of Divine Birth in Ancient Greece. Welcome, my old friend, back to the show. Hello, Karen. It's so great to be back with you on a new rung of our spiral. There you go. There you go. And I'm so glad we're still in touch. Um, And I am just in awe of all you accomplished. Um, You are still out there teaching, and uh, and I just love uh, all your content. It really makes us scratch our head and raise our eyebrow and go, aha. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a lot of hard but inspired work, and it's my sacred ministry. Well, and I want to tell listeners, if they go back uh, to uh, the archives uh, on Blog Talk, uh, go to the Blog Talk platform, uh, go back and uh, put in the search uh, your name, Marguerite Rigoliozo, uh, or put in Virgin Birth, uh, something along those lines. They will be able to find our old interviews when we actually yeah. talked about, um, you know, the virgin births and parthenogenesis and all that really provocative, interesting stuff. It still lives there, Marguerite. Uh, People can find it. uh, Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, but now we're talking about something. Yeah, yeah, you remember. Yeah, and didn't we talk about Amazons? I mean, this goes way back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a lot of really good stuff, and I remember there was so much good feedback from the show. In fact, it was one of the top – it was one of the shows that was listened to the most, one of the top – you know, uh, I I forget the term now, but, um, but yeah, it really was. Um, But today, you know, we've sort of shifted gears a little bit because you have new information that you found on Mary Magdalene. Um, So I guess let's start with where does it come from? Yeah. Well, Mary Magdalene was really basically my entree to the sacred feminine, I don't know, 30 years ago, um, back in the 90s, when I was starting to have an awakening to the goddess, Magdalene was one of my, my first masters that I felt aligned with and and connected with. And so I started teaching about her based on the book, uh, The Woman with the Alabaster Jar of Margaret Starbird. And then that was followed by two scholarly books on Mary Magdalene, Karen King's The Gospel of Mary Ma- of Magdala, and then Marvin Meyer's The Gospel of Mary Magdalene. And I realized that I was being given vision into these various gospels that were written about her the little fragments and so forth, to see the bigger picture. So I began doing slideshows primarily in the Boston area. And then when I moved to California, I began teaching this material in a, in a full 17-week course 
at Dominican University of California in San Rafael. Um, so this has inspired me to dig deeply into the canonical gospel, you know, the gospels, the New Testament, and the apocryphal gospels, or what some people call the Gnostic gospels, as well as opening into my own, you know, divine Sophia wisdom to receive this information about Mary Magdalene. So that's where, those are my sources, the text and then my own personal opening and work with her. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And and I, I do want to ask, um, I mean, uh, I have someone coming on the show in a few months um, who channels Mary Magdalene. Would you say, uh, you know, what you have is more intuitive based on academic knowledge, or would you say some of this was channeled, or how do we know the difference, right, sometimes? Right. I would say mine is more I started with the text, and, you know, I started out with what I felt from being raised Catholic and what I had heard about Mary Magdalene in church, and sort of my intuition around all that she always attracted my attention whenever it would come up around easter time but when i started reading these these books especially margaret starbird's the woman with the alabaster jar it was like a lid opened up and i i was i just couldn't get enough about her you know another book started coming out and that informed my intuition and opened my door to my personal relationship with her. So I don't, I never sat down and said, Mary Magdalene streams through me. Um, but what I would do is, uh, you know, over the years, I've gotten into my goddess self state and, and, and intuition. And there was um, a cannabis ceremony that I did on my YouTube channel, Marguerite Rigoglioso, uh, where I uh, devoted it to looking at Mary Magdalene and her information. So I would say my oracle has more been gathering and connecting in with information about her rather than dreaming her words through me. But then you know, when I've taught about her, I taught a more recent class, my oracle opens. And so it's like, well, where's that information coming from? I mean, it's coming from the collective field of divine Sophia of which Magdalene is a part. So that's how I would identify it. I get it. I get it. It's like you sort of feathered the nest, you know, with all the mm-hmm. academic knowledge, and then, you know, uh, the other stuff came from uh, a different uh, a, a different way of knowing. Um, well, yeah. and you, you mentioned uh, Margaret Starbird, and, um, you know, I don't think many people – know about her. I mean, it was talked about way back when, but I haven't heard right. lately um, that many people even talk about her much anymore. And the interesting thing about her is that she set out to disprove all the Jesus Mary Magdalene stuff as a devout <laughs> uh, Christian. She was just sure this was all a bunch of bunk. And then she became a convert, right? That's right. Through her own research, it led her into this whole world. And she had, you know, really like a personal existential crisis with this. But then that led to her book, The Woman with the Alabaster Jar, um, you know, and a couple of others that she did, again, back in the early 90s. And then she 
spoke about it quite a bit. He was an inspiration for many people in the 90s and to the 2000s. And then the way books go, they sort of fall out of vogue and they get replaced by the next shiny thing and people who are now suddenly channelers of Magdalene or saying, you know, providing information in a much bigger uh, kind of way beyond the academic. And that's what most people these days tune into. But I really like to honor Margaret Starbird because she was the one who took the lid off all this. Yeah. You know, her and I gave, uh, we we were both presenters at a Gaia Fest uh, where I had the opportunity to actually meet her and speak to her. And I asked her, I said, um, I said, Margaret, are you at all disturbed, um, you know, how the church has treated Mary Magdalene and how maybe they really haven't come out loudly enough to, um, you know, walk back the stuff they said about her being a prostitute and all of this. And, you know, I was, uh, I don't know, I guess she answered as you would expect. She said, no, I wasn't angry. I was just sad. (laughs) Um, Mm. But I, but I wonder if you have any thoughts about that, you know, how quietly the church, um, you know, walked back the prostitute thing after so loudly That's teaching right. it for hundreds of years. That's right. Well, what I think is that the tide swell is so big now in the opposite direction to empower Magdalene that it's a tsunami now that that old, crusty, patriarchal material is just going to be swallowed up and covered over. And, you know, there are so many people who have been writing about Mary Magdalene. We just had Megan Watterson a few years ago and Cynthia Bourgeau and, you know, all these people. Um, Kaya Ra has been talking about her. The tide tide is too too large. Um, It's not going to go backward. It's already happening. It's already happened. It's going to continue. We're going to find new creative ways and more information is going to be revealed about Mary Magdalene as we go forward. So I'm no longer worried about what has happened in the past. Yes, it's always good to talk about and expose that. But we're moving forward. We are the Magdalene of the world now. <laughs> well, and it makes me feel good because there was a time there I wondered who was going to carry the torch for goddess spirituality. And I have started to see the torch bearers uh, are actually out there doing the work uh, and, you know, likewise on Mary Magdalene. So we don't oh, have to yeah. worry that any of this is going to be swept under the rug. But, um, oh, you know, yeah. it's your seven sisters at your Seven Sisters Mystery School, um, you talk about seven mysteries of Magdalene. Um, do you mind, you know, give us, giving us a little tidbits about what that is? Absolutely. So this is um, the material that I'm going to share today is all in my on-demand course, The Seven Mysteries of Magdalene, which you can find at sevensistersmysteryschool.com slash Magdalene. And um, because as I was, I knew I wanted to, teach about her again coming back now from this more fully fleshed out intuitive and experiential perspective from the academic that I had done you know back years ago Um, and what was happening is it was the material was coalescing around what I determined were seven mysteries that she was very much connected with 
And so, um, you know, I can, I can name them off all in one list, or we can go one by one, or we, or we can just talk about a few of them. But the course really fleshes them all out. And what is the textual evidence for this? But more importantly, what is our intuitive knowing about this? Where does this take us, right? How do we incorporate these mysteries into our lives? So this is no longer a historical artifact. This is a living mystery tradition with Magdalene. Hmm. What I produce in this class is part of this stream that many others are doing. Um, every priestess who teaches about this has her own um, part of the fractal, her own angle, her own flavor, and this one is mine. So let me know how okay. you would like us to jump well, in. Well, you know, let's, let's, let's start with maybe just a short description of maybe two or three or four, and let's see how it goes from there. All right. Well, um, one of the most important things is the mystery of Mary love for activating our sacred heart. So this is Mary, M-E-R-I, which is the transliteration of the original Egyptian word that is the basis for Mary. Um, That would be Mary the mother, Mary Magdalene, and all of the many Marys in the Bible as a priestess title. That meant sacred love, the one who loves the beloved and so forth, okay? So I Mm -hmm. look at what is that love mystery? How is it related to this sacred heart? How How does Magdalene carry it? How can we all carry it? All right, one example. And then okay. I have the mystery, the mystery of sacred sisterhood as support for shepherding the new awakening. What is this? Magdalene and Mother Mary embodied the couplehood, female couplehood of dual priestesses as well as teacher-mentor the teacher being Mother Mary, the mentor being Magdalene, who merged into co-priestesses, and then also the possibility of them being mother-in-law, daughter-in-law. And there's so much healing in their mysteries. I expose and explore things that have barely been written about anywhere. I, I had to go into biographies, hidden biographies about Mother Mary to tease out this information to show how the two of them worked together and how this is a healing for women today who have been confronted with the patriarchal negative energies of competition and jealousy and all that and then the contested mother daughter daughter in law relation mother in law daughter in law relationship. So there are teachings, mysteries and healings in that. And then let's just um let's just go to a third a third one here, going into the deep end of the pool. Um, the mystery of transforming demons for healing ourselves in this lifetime and beyond and healing our world. So what I look so, at there... Go mm-hmm, ahead. Go ahead. All right. Well, I was what I look say at define there, demons. <laughs> right. Well, the demons, what they are called in the ancient texts are, for example, archons, adversaries, And in our modern parlance, we consider them spirit, you know, races on the interdimensional planes. They've been known by many names, reptilians, 
you know, and, and so forth and so on. But good old-fashioned demons uh, kind of gets at a whole grouping of these beings and energies that kind of work on multiple levels, all right? And um, what we learn about in this, in, in this course it, are Magdalene's own experiences with negative energies because we are told even right off in the canonical Bible that she was removed of seven demons, right? What does that mean? Hmm. Okay, so we look at that, and then we look at Jesus' special teachings to her to help us navigate these negative arconic forces, both while we're on the earth, when we have descent experiences like, for example, you went through, I've gone through, right? And then when we cross over to the other side and our soul is in the bardo going through different rungs, there are secret teachings of what to do how to approach these beings, what to say, so you can keep moving on to the light. Okay. That's, well, it sounds you know, like you've got some interesting mysteries. Yeah, three right there. Wow, and, and they're they're really pretty, uh, pretty awfully interesting. Well, I I, mm-hmm. I mean I have to ask you this for the sake of listeners who maybe are hearing you for the first time or even me for the first time. Um, if I recall, you were a believer that Jesus and Mary Magdalene were married, correct? Yes, I do still they, hold that very much so. Mm-hmm. And that they also had children, I think. Yes. Okay. And I, in this course and all that I've done, I do look at the textual underpinnings of that. And Mm -hmm. then, of course, we go on from there with our, our channeling and our intuition around it. Okay. And um, now you have uh, Mary Magdalene connected to divine birth as well. Yeah. Could you explain what divine birth is and maybe elaborate on that a little bit? Divine birth is a method of conceiving children that is very high level. It can take a number of forms. One is through pure parthenogenesis where the woman is able to be so attuned and so have her yin and yang activated that she can, like, engender the child right there in her womb. But another means is through sacred tantra, sacred marriage. Mother Mary accomplished divine birth as parthenogenesis or the inner conception, and Magdalene achieved it through tantric union with Jesus. But both of these practices are on a continuum. And I was very gratified to see in the ancient text the evidence for that, evidence that she was working at that very high conception level. And I talk about that in the course. I also talk about it in my forthcoming book about Mother Mary. I'm having a new book about Mother Mary's secret life, essentially, her hidden life, um, coming out through Bear and Company next year in 2024. So um, Magdalene's conception of children with Jesus would have been governed by this process of Yeros Gamos, or sacred marriage, also known as the bridal chamber mystery, the bridal chamber rite, which is another thing that we could discuss. But I was so thrilled when I realized, oh, my gosh, the way they're talking about 
Magdalene as being the equivalent with Sophia, who gave birth to angels, you know, connect the dots. They're saying that Magdalene was able to give birth to angels. That is the definition of a divine birth priestess, somebody who's giving birth on the earth plane to a higher level order of child so that they can be walking angelics to help the earth plane. So, Marguerite, is it safe to say when you're reading these, you know, these old ancient texts or manuscripts and the stuff you had to delve deep into, that oftentimes the language is veiled and they don't really come right out and say what they're talking about? You have to sort of extrapolate? Absolutely. And that's what my book, The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception, about Mary's divine birth was all about it was extrapolating into her suppressed gospel the infancy gospel of james i came in with all the knowledge and codes from what i had studied and learned about divine birth in ancient greece and when i saw all these symbols and signs in that gospel i was i said oh my goodness this is what they're describing and i rolled it out i pulled out the accordion um and and rolled that out and same about mary magdalene and her mysteries in this course and so forth, because you have to be an intrepid intuitive when you're reading these texts, because a lot of the information coding is actually there. Yeah, yeah, and um, and, and and that's probably well, I'm I'm guessing, I'm asking you, um, that's how you eked out that there was actually a relationship between Mary Magdalene and Mother Mary. Yes. Yes, and so, so that is specifically so you, stated in one of Mother well, Mary's suppressed biographies. So why do you think um, that was? Simply because they didn't want the relation. If they didn't want the relationship of um, Magdalene and Jesus known, then uh, that that sort of made the relationship between her and Mother Mary a moot point, I guess. You know. These patriarchal forces have just done anything they can to try to divert, subvert, invert, and foil the intentional mission of the Holy Family to bring awakening, healing, and liberation and sovereignty to the planet. So whatever angle they needed to do that on, whoever they needed to disappear or discredit, they did that. Yeah. Various means. Well, and I'm... Well, and I'm thinking about, you know, Pew Research, you know, has statistics that more and more people, you know, are leaving organized religion for, you know, right. spirituality. And, right. I, and look, and I'm not saying it, it, this in particular, but this probably just among many other things uh, that, you know, as it comes to light, uh, people start to see patriarchal religion for the, you know, the oppressor, the dominator, the discriminator, mm-hmm. um, you know, that it is, you know, um, That's right. you know, for mm-hmm. uh, keeping truths from us, you know, truths that can That's make the right. world a better place and more equality right. and all of that. Well, now, through the mysteries of the Magdalene, you believe um, that people can use, um, uh, you know, learning more about her to create miracles in their lives, to heal themselves, um, remove blocks. Uh, Speak a little bit about that, if you would. 
Yeah, well, you know, just specifically when I take people through these mysteries in this course, every single mystery has one to two exercises and practices and meditations to do, have people enter into this mystery in a lived way as a means of healing themselves or as a means of amplifying their their angelic, their own angelic light body, okay? So, um, for example, the mystery of anointing, which which is all about how sacred scents and oils from the plant world are used to activate consciousness. We literally have people go and get rose oil, high-grade rose oil, frankincense and myrrh, apply them and meditate with them. We have them meditate on the sacred rose within their heart, within their womb, um, to receive clearing and healing. You know, all these types of techniques, right? I, mm-hmm. I have activations for, for every, every one of these mysteries. They all have to do with working on the inner planes, working with your mind, your chakras, your light body, your physical body, your womb, and so forth. Um, and doing these practices, and they end up having actual results in your life. And over time, you realize that you're amplifying your own divine light body that is already within you, that is already a mirror of these beings, and is just waiting for the activation code to, you know, get operating. Okay. Um, I have to take a quick break here, but uh, when we come back, I want to talk more uh, about the sacred sisterhood consciousness. I think you briefly touched on it, but uh, let's delve a little deeper when we come back. And uh, it is my hope that Mercury Retrograde does not get in the way today uh, because Mm -hmm. I have a word for you uh, from Joe Carson. Oh, Here we go. Hello. Let me say a few things about Joe Carson's film, Dancing with Gaia an exploration of Earth-based spirituality shot at sacred sites around the world. Here is Drusilla Pettibone on Dearmist.com. I was truly touched and even awed by the film. I really appreciate that there is so much substantive information to digest. For example, the info about hinges and tracing the horizon line is all new to me and totally fascinating. The film was very beautiful and I was amazed how it was able to capture so many of the descriptions visually and seamlessly connect vintage footage with modern. I especially loved when images were dynamically superimposed on each other, like the lace with the water and the dancing in the flowering meadow. A visual feast and with so many layers. I am also pleased to have been introduced to Monica Shu and her work. It's so important for pagans to become aware of our heritage It seems easily lost among so many new books, and the film really brought me home in a new way. 
Dancing with Gaia is available at dancingwithgaia.com. with a 45-page color mini-book, which goes even deeper into the material. You can buy the DVD and booklet for only $9.95 at dancingwithgaia.com. And uh, I want to also mention uh, the Divine Feminine app. Uh, again, in case you uh, haven't heard about it already, uh, it's been out there since 2016, and it's a great resource for finding out what's going on in your uh, local neighborhoods uh, for events, resources. It has a new feature where newly added and local events are sent out every Tuesday. Uh, you also can find out about uh, virtual events, whether they be retreats uh, or podcasts like hours, I recommend highly the Divine Feminine app. And as a benefit to our listeners, you can click on Upgrade Membership and scroll down to use the code Sacred Feminine, and you'll get a 90-day access to entering your own featured events that will be sent to local users. So it's a good deal. Uh, I have uh, finally got on there, and I'm glad I did, and I should have gotten on there a long time ago. So, uh, if you've just tuned in, um, this is Karen Tate, and I am chatting with uh, Marguerite uh, Regaliozo, and uh, we are talking about um, all things Magdalene, and we're about to start uh, chatting about sacred sisterhood consciousness. And uh, Marguerite, um, you say that the path of the Magdalene leads us towards sacred sisterhood consciousness. Um, what, what is it? Uh, you know, elaborate on that a little bit more and why you believe it's so important today. Yes, this is such a beautiful mystery that she and Mother Mary embody. What I want to bring in here is also a third Mary that we hardly ever hear about. You really need to be intrepid to, to discern her. Mother Mary's sister, who was first named Parogita by their mother, Anne, but then became named Mary as well. So what is that telling us? She took on that priestess title of divine love that I mentioned earlier in our conversation. All three of them have the name, the priestess title, Mary. And what we find out about in the Gnostic Gospels is that the three of them always walked with Jesus. All right? If that's not sacred sisterhood, I don't know what is. These women had to minister and administer the whole Jesus ministry and their own ministry with all of the disciples, all of the apostles, all of their conflicting needs and, you know, (laughs) competitions and helping shepherd them into their own awakening and help them to be teachers and so forth. So Mother Mary was, was a big mentor and sister to women. She had a soft spot for women. Magdalene was like her primary mentee and her sister, again, Mary Padagita, whom we rarely hear about. But 
they needed to be around Jesus like a womb triangle, like the three of them, right? Picture Mm -hmm. a womb triangle walking around Jesus. That's kind of how I see them in their white robes. And they had to be in alignment. They were already very high beings becoming, you know, deeper priestesses all the time, working out their personal material, right, Um, so that they could stay in sisterhood. Because as we know, Karen, right, when we get into groups, be it a partnership, be it a love relationship, be it a sister circle, be it a community, what starts going on? Everybody starts bouncing off the walls, right? Because yep. of all the wounding from the <laughs> Yeah. Because of all the wounding brought to us from generation to generation. And that serves who? Those archonic forces that I mentioned earlier who are always sticking the, sticking the stick in the wheel to mess up the work and steal our energy whenever possible, making us get at each other's throats, this and that. So those three Marys were working that out for humanity and serving as a model. So here we have these two very powerful women, for example, that we know more about, Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene, Magdalene accepted the teachings of Mother Mary and then Mother Mary accepted Magdalene as like a kind of a co-equal that's what I see in these texts and that's what I am co-bringing forth in the world because as we create these stories anew so we create these realities you see It's not just about what happened in the past. It's what are we co-creating when we think about these people, these masters, because that is what's anchoring into our reality. So that's part of the mystery, if you will. You know, if you, I know you're getting this on a deep level. So the the three of them, and especially Mother Mary and, and Magdalene, they were like a dynamic duo. And, you know, you could see them as two intersecting triangles. Mother Mary's triangle comes from the flat part is, is in heaven and the point goes down to the womb. She's bringing heaven to earth. And Magdalene is the flat part is around the womb and the point of the triangle goes up above the heart and they intersect in the body. And so Magdalene is bringing in the embodiment angle. She's turning the body into the higher dimensions. And Mother Mary is bringing the light codes into the body. That is one of the mysteries of how they worked in sacred sisterhood. Well, and, and let me just make a few comments about all of this. First of all, going back to the title of Mary being a title of a priestess, you know, anyone who has read the Bible or any of this knows there are so many Marys. You get all the Marys right. confused. Now it makes right. so much more sense. You know, um, right. you know, it makes so much more sense when you find out that um, that wasn't, the, you know, there weren't just a thousand people named Mary in this tiny little town. Um, if that was, mm-hmm. in fact, their 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 role, and uh, I, I think I think that's um, I think that's important. Um, that's and, right. um, and guess what, Karen? It, Anyone can mm-hmm. become one. That's the important thing. This is not just a, again a historical artifact. Anyone can become a Mary going forward. All you need to do is think to yourself, I now join the sacred order of the, of the Marys. Okay. Um, 
it, it, well, and, and uh, you make it sound so easy for someone out there who's saying that sounds too easy. What do you say? I would say, well, then go out there and try to be it. And you'll see where the challenges and the initiations come in. <laughs> Saying right. that one is the easiest step, then enacting right. it is where, but that's the grist for your mill because that's what's leading to your own incension, you know, your own activation of your light body, your own amplification of your soul. Yeah. Well, you know, Marguerite, you're making me think, um, you know, years ago when I was, I had students or I was more out in the public eye in a big community like Los Angeles, I had people rather often come up to me and they wanted me to ordain them and they wanted to be a priestess. And I'd say, well, what's your work in the world? What, why do you want to become a priestess? And, you know, they really just didn't know yet. You know, they just thought it was such a cool thing, and they hadn't figured out yet that this was about a, a path of service in some capacity, yes. you know. Yes. Um, yes, so really, I get really what is. you mean, you know, when you say, okay, be a Mary, but now go out and do something. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And the something that you do, you glean from what I'm talking about in this course, the text, the uh, what other people are channeling, you know, you you figure it out. You ask them directly to show you and tell you that's the main way, all right? And it's usually about heart healing and activation, womb healing and activation, and third eye oracle healing and activation in service to the planet. So, Marguerite, let me ask you, you know, um, so, so somebody hears us talking today and this sounds really interesting and maybe they've been called to Mary Magdalene, you know, they've been reading about her and they want to know more, but maybe it sounds just a little bit too esoteric. You know, maybe they don't know about chakras. Maybe they don't know about light bodies. Maybe they don't know about, you know, some of the terms you're using. Can someone, uh, I mean, do they have to have a prerequisite? so to speak, before they jump into this so, they, so that they can fully understand and embody these teachings for this class? Well, there are many different resources that they can sniff out and suss out to find out what is the right medicine for them right now. There are so many books. There are so many courses. There are Magdalene pilgrimages. You can put it out to your friend network gee, what would you recommend? Um, and you'll be led. You can do something like jump into my course and you'll be led because this course speaks to the genius that is already within you. There's really no prerequisite. It's just going in there, listening and feeling, even if you don't understand all of the concepts of this or anything else you read or hear about Magdalene, it's opening you. It's flipping switches on. And at some point, it's going to become more understandable cognitive information for you if it isn't right now. The most important thing is to feel it energetically. And what this all comes down to, information aside, is are you healing your heart? Are you activating your heart? That is the essence of it. That is the main work of it. And that is the main joy of it. 
Okay. Well, um, I can't think of a better person to ask. Uh, I know there's a lot of um, uh, theories out there. Um, what have you found is the truth about, uh, you know, did Mary Magdalene really go to southern France? Did she really, you know, teach from a cave? Where are her bones right. really buried? Right, right. Well, this is the really interesting thing, Karen, that I discovered or received in that cannabis oracle that I did about Mary Magdalene, which can be found on the Marguerite Rigoglioso YouTube channel under my show, Co-Creating the New Earth. It's, I think it was, the, gosh, maybe the March or April show. I think it was the March show, maybe February or March. And what did I receive? They said, this information about Magdalene is what you're doing is you're tuning into different possibilities of who she is, who she was, is, and shall be. What you want to do is tune into the information that strikes you as the most fascinating and that you want to develop because that is the dream of Magdalene information or the timeline, if you will, that's for you right now. There will be medicine for you in that. So don't worry about, did she marry Jesus? Did she go to France? Did she go to India? Are her bones here, there? You start looking into this and saying, where do you ring like a bell when you hear a piece of information? And then go into that, embrace that as your truth right now and suck the juice out of that for all the medicine and instruction it's going to give you and allow that there are going to be other people who are in other timelines with her, contradictory seeming ones, parallel ones. What's happening now is we are all in a hive mind re-co-creating Magdalene. That is the highest dimensional level of what we're doing. It's not even about figuring out from history what happened in that Roman timeline. It's about co-creating the, the, the energies and the timeline and the Magdalene that we want and need. That is a collective unity consciousness project that will amplify, accelerate, and uplift all women and humanity. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Oh, I totally do. I totally do. Yeah. I just can't help. I'm a very Virgo left-brain person, so I really like yeah. the history as well. Um, and, the, and you yeah. know, back in the uh, the 2000s, that's all everybody was talking about. I mean, it was yeah. just, uh, you know, it was, it was just on fire uh, with, you know, did this happen or this happen? Who's really right? And blah, 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 blah. But I get it. I yeah. mean, you know, we're looking ahead. We're trying to co-create this energy yeah. today. You know, and that, that's that right. because that's what we need for our for humanity and the earth, uh, and you know, for us to evolve moving forward. I get it. You know, those that's details right. are not what's most important. They're like, um, oh, I don't know. They're peripheral to the main focus. Um, what they so are, Marguerite, what when, they are, Karen, is they are starter seeds. Those okay. details use use. Let's just say the timeline of Mary Magdalene having gone to France. Use that as a starter seed for yourself. Follow it out. 
to its logical conclusion. Find out what people are saying about that. Ask Mary Magdalene yourself, what do you intuit? There will be information and medicine for you. Okay. And so this class that, um, I mean, I appreciate that you've given us so much information of what people can glean from this uh, Seven Sisters Mystery School um, series of classes. Can someone yes. start any time or is there a start yes. date? Is it um, no. a Zoom or how does it all work? It's all on demand. It's already been recorded. So you go to sevensistersmysteryschool.com slash Magdalene, and that will lead you to the online course, The Seven Mysteries of Magdalene, five video modules of 90 minutes each with a bonus call, and you can binge watch if you wanted, you know, over however 90 minutes times five, right? Or you can parse it out over, you know, several days or several weeks or several months, whatever you want to do. It's all there. It's all available. All the activities are laid out. I lead you through the processes. Um, there's lots of information on how to order different supplies also that we recommend. So it's just all there on one page, and you can go through it boom, boom, boom. And then, of course, if you want to connect with me, maybe have a session about it, um, there's a specially priced mentoring session that you can book. If you want a place to bandy about what you've received, go deeper with Magdalene, go in co-creative oracle space with me and receive medicine for yourself. Okay. Well, it sounds like you have it all together, sort of like a one-stop shopping right there at the yeah. Seven Sisters Mystery School. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, Marguerite, as always, I uh, so enjoy uh, what you teach and what you have to offer, your wisdom. Uh, I want to leave you with a final word uh, for listeners. What would that be? I would say that understand that Mary Magdalene is the you who you are and who you are becoming. So look to her as a mirror and a guide just to cultivate that in your life. Okay, well said. Well, um, thank you very much, Marguerite. I am sure we will uh, continue to be in touch. I mean, we have over the years, and uh, mm -hmm. I wish you the best of luck with everything, and um, it was really nice talking to you again. Come back. Thank you so much. Thank you, Karen. Thanks for having me. Um, congratulations on all that you've been doing. So glad you're back with this show. Fabulous to hear about your book about healing, you know, trauma and and that um, all of those things that we're working through and that the Magdalene is helping with us with as well. So I appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Marguerite. All right, well, you have a great week, and, um, you know, maybe in the fall we'll schedule you to come back and talk about that uh, cannabis class that you have. Oh, yeah, the sacred plant medicine class that, I've, that I'm getting into now. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I think more and more people are open to the idea that that is really a tool that we can use to help heal ourselves what, rather than how the status quo has scared people away from it. That's right, that's right. When used properly, you can have great results with it for healing and opening, and I truly believe that these ancient priestesses, and that there's plenty of evidence, that they were working these sacred medicine domains as well, including the Magdalene, 
and that's what her anointing mystery is all about. Okay. Well, have Roxy get in touch. We'll put a date down on the books for you to come back right. in, the, in, the late, in the late summer or fall. Thank you, Marguerite. Excellent. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, my conversation with uh, Marguerite, and I do highly recommend you go into the archives uh, at uh, Blog Talk, and if you have any trouble finding uh, the ones I'm talking about, get in touch with me, and I'm sure I can uh, find a link for you because uh, I promise her conversations are are always the most interesting uh, and well-informed, and she just gets into subjects that uh, you're not going to hear out there in the mainstream, and uh, I don't think the status quo uh, much supports these ideas and would really prefer we not know anything about it. But um, I want to say a little bit about myself. Um, You know, I considered myself savvy, educated, uh, an advocate for peace, fairness, uh, equality. I consider myself a social justice activist. If you've been following the show, I think you probably got that. I also thought abuse was something that happened to others, not me. But you know what? I was wrong. It was happening to me. I guess you could say I was kind of asleep at the wheel. I didn't see the danger signs. Um, Or maybe like a lot of people, you know, we uh, tune it out because we don't want to make waves or we want to fit in or we want to keep getting a paycheck or uh, whatever the reason is. But that abuse uh, can result in trauma. And it can happen to anyone. Uh, no matter our age, race, gender, beliefs, economic status. And we really have to examine all aspects of our lives for both blatant um, and insidious abuse, and we have to take steps to eradicate it. So um, I felt really strongly when we were isolated uh, during COVID, uh, I felt really strongly about sharing with folks what was being revealed to me. And although I knew about patriarchy, I knew about predator capitalism, I was looking at this much more deeply. I was looking at all the abuses that we normalize, the stuff people think, ah, well, you know, we can't do anything about it. That's just how humans are. Uh, That's just the way it is. Move on, move on. Nothing to see here. Well, there's a lot to see here. Uh, And, you know, when somebody says, uh, oh, put on your big girl panties and get over it, or put on your big boy panties and get over it, you know what? Those folks are not necessarily your friends. They should be saying, what is your quality of life? So anyway, I ended up writing uh, my new book that has launched this month. It's called Normalizing Abuse. Um, It's a commentary on uh, the pervasive abuse in our culture. And I really talk about a lot of things that we probably uh, don't even consider abuse and we really need to look at more closely. I talk about how we aren't even in touch with our language anymore. You know, we throw out these ideas like uh, rape or abuse, like we're talking about carrots and spinach. Um, we've become detached, numb, you know, we're sort of in denial. I mean, just look at the testimony 
um, that's going on right now um, with E. Jean Carroll's uh, trial against Trump and the women who say, you know, we were taught to just keep our chin up and be quiet. Um, it's stuff like that. You know, the idea of um, people silencing us and not wanting us to talk about things. Uh, you know, maybe it's even NDAs. NDAs are a form of abuse. Um, you know, Rebecca Solnit um, said, we treat the physical assault, uh, we treat the physical assault and the silencing after as two separate things, but they are the same, both bent on annihilation. Silence is just another uh, form of abuse that uh, we don't think of as abuse. And there's all sorts of other things in this book. Um, I talk about my personal story, but that's only one chapter. Um, and uh, I have other people's stories in there, too. Not long, drawn-out stories of abuse, but short snippets of women talking about how they would go to a job and they weren't given the same training as men, so they would fail. Or maybe they were put in unsafe work conditions so that maybe they would quit. Or maybe they weren't physically strong enough to do the job, um, you know, because it was really a two-person job. But, you know, the employer thought, you know, they would, they would, you know, run them away and put them behind a desk in an office where the pay wasn't as good. I mean, there's so many different things. Um, and so many different examples of people sharing their stories. I also talk about whistleblowers in the book, how hard it is to be a whistleblower and stand up and speak truth. But the truth is important. The truth needs to have the light of day uh, shined on it. So anyway, um, I, and I also talk about ways to heal, healing modalities uh, from trauma that comes from abuse, whether the abuse be, be subtle or, or not subtle. So anyway, I would just encourage you um, to please go take a look at my book. Uh, you can see it on my website, karentate.net. Uh, you can read all the wonderful endorsements I've gotten. Uh, Matthew Fox uh, wrote an incredible foreword for me. And um, if you've been a listener of my show and uh, you want to support me in some way, I would say please go to my website, buy a book. <laughs> um, okay, so thank you for that. Thank you for listening. Um, so in the coming weeks, uh, we have the following guests uh, during the month of May. Uh, on the 10th, Carrie Hummingbird uh, from Soul Nectar Podcast is with me discussing what indigenous people can teach us uh, to save ourselves. On the 17th, we're off. We are off that day. Uh, then on the 24th, uh, Daniel Minty and Julie Stables, uh, they're going to talk about how we reclaim life after trauma. And then on the 31st, David Elkington um, has the book out, Ancient Language of Sacred Sound. Now, I've already been in conversation with him, and uh, he is going to have more to say on the idea of the sistrum and the Ephesian letters and uh, levitating stones with sound. 
Uh, I know my previous guests, uh, that was not one of the areas they researched quite so much and couldn't speak in detail about that. But I think David Elkington will be able to, and I'm uh, anxious to chat with him and see what he thinks. You know, when Herodotus said uh, when Isis shook her sistrum, it kept the energies of the universe flowing. Well, what did that mean back then? You know, like Marguerite and I were talking about language had veiled meanings. What did that mean? Well, I want to know. All right. Uh, I hope you will go to my website. um, And I also have a newsletter, Tools for Transformation. And uh, I have travel stories there, articles I've written, links to talks I've given, meditations and inspirational messages. Uh, All can be found at karentate.net. Uh, so that about does it for me today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, please tell your friends and uh, share the word that Karen Tate is finally back. And her work is where spirituality, personal transformation, and social justice meet. And I'll leave you with this quote today, one of my favorites. First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they attack you, then you win. Thank you, dear listeners. I will be back next week. I hope you'll be with me. And in the meantime, check out those archives. Check out my website. Please go buy a book. Thank you. And I'll close with Seth Med.